Hey, good morning, Rimrock. Man, it's awesome to be with you guys. Um, if you didn't know, this is the youth group band that plays for the middle school, high school um, students, and we're super blessed to be with you today. So, um, yeah, you guys can stand or sit. We're going to jump right into some worship.
Good morning, Rimrock. Wow, what a beautiful way to be called into worship today. Thank you. Sweet. Good morning. My name's Donovan, and uh, I am, I'm one of the elders at Rimrock. And uh, one of the things that the elders do in serving Rimrock is to uh, just uh, promote this vision that the Triune God gave us just about three years ago as we gathered together in a retreat to, uh, and we came out with uh, God telling us that we are a community being transformed by Jesus Christ. And so that's, that's our purpose, that's our vision, that's what we look to do. And uh, as I was uh, just thinking about how to share some of the upcoming things uh, and to be part, just to continue with this way of worship, I was, uh, wanted to share this, this memory from the summer came to me. And uh, our, our family was camping down at Custer State Park. And, uh, you know, I was just starting to, uh, we had just enjoyed a, a great uh, hobo dinner over the fire. And I was stirring up the fire uh, and adding a few sticks to it as the sun was going down and it was getting dark. Uh, one of my sons picked up a guitar, started to strum. The other one came in and started singing a melody. And uh, my daughter, her boyfriend, my wife, kind of shifted their, their laughter and sharing to, to just starting to sing praises around, around the campfire. Something that we do often as we camp and uh, and we sang a few songs, and it was getting dark, but I could hear people walking by on the, on the path or road, and uh, heard somebody say, oh, I really love that. I could see another person motion, hey, that's really cool, thank you. And, uh, and we continued to, to do that, and uh, it was, now it was getting dark, and uh, pretty soon, all of a sudden, from the uh, outside the camp, a flashlight was coming into our campsite. I'm like, oh no, somebody's going to tell us we need to be quiet. <laughs> they said, can I join you? <laughs> and so they, they came around our circle. They joined our circle. And, uh, and we sang uh, another song. And then she said, Hey, will you sing this song? And uh, and we sang that another her song, and uh, continued on. Now it's really dark, and another flashlight comes into the campsite. Didn't even say anything. Just sat down beside this other person that had already joined us and learned that it's it's her husband, and uh, and they just wanted to join us and we just continued to, to sing praise. Pretty soon the, the songs drifted off and it turned into just discussion and my wife sharing and hearing from this gal and me hearing from this guy. Funny thing was I couldn't even see his face anymore. It was so dark. But here 
a couple from Wisconsin had drifted into our, into our circle of worship. And that's why it was so impressive to see how we're drawn in today. And that's how we want to be drawn into worship, not just on Sunday morning, but throughout the week. And we want you to join our circle. And uh, we want others to join your circle. And so with that, there's some cool things happening that we, you can join our circle. One way is if you're new here today or, or relatively new and we haven't got to know you, there are these little forms that, you can, that are in the seat back in front of you. You can fill those out and hand them in at, uh, at the Welcome Center. A um, uh, couple of things coming up next week. There is a, a parent commissioning it looks like it's for the little kids. The Boomer, Pastor Boomer, has just a way of drawing families into this. And uh, so a, a parent commissioning uh, and child dedication. Uh, that's next Oct uh, Sunday, October 10th. In, if you're interested, contact the office on that. Uh, at the end of this month, on October 27th, there's a cool community event that we do. Uh, it's called Trunk or Treat. We're looking for you to, to help us with that, giving donations. There's a trunk sitting out uh, in the foyer there. Bring, uh, donate bags of candy and, and different things for that. Or, or if you want to be part of that event, uh, let the office know. And then lastly, uh, we, look, we, we are desiring to invite you even deeper into our community. And that, uh, we have a way of doing that. We call them community membership classes. And uh, there's, there's two back-to-back -back Sundays, October 17th and the 24th. It happens during the second service in that, uh, the gathering place there off the foyer. And uh, we look at being invited into community. That's the first week. And then the second week, engaging in community. And uh, so, would you continue to, to worship with me as we, as we pray? Awesome God, thank you for desiring for us to know that we, that you are causing us to be a community being transformed by Jesus Christ. You are an awesome God, and thank you for even just uh, causing us to be drawn to you, to come to, into your circle of worship and uh, we pray that we may may enter in often that we may show others how to enter in and be invited in and uh, that we would see your glory and be amazed by you we love you amen
Oh boy, I'm on. That was my fault. So Matt's doing an awesome job back there. I'm the one who's got to... All right, uh, not all of them are students, so I'm really thankful for those who are investing in the next generation, and what a blessing to see uh, these guys worship the Lord. Donovan, I love your story of a, of a worshiping family. I heard someone once say the church is a, is a family of families, and, uh, and, I, and I love that, that description. And um, Chris uh, Doyle... Uh, sitting over there. I remember about a month ago, Chris came up to me, and his family had just gone through a very difficult season with the passing of his sister, and, um, and there was some other people who were kind of watching you guys walk through that and uh, seeing how Jesus made such a difference in your lives, but one of the comments that Chris told me is that his family experienced that family of families at Rimrock Church. They saw how powerful that is, and that's, that's something that we can't do on our own. We need God's help, his presence to, to birth that kind of love, that kind of relationship. And I just want to encourage you, you know, it's easy to slip in and out on a Sunday morning, but, but church is so much more than just coming on Sunday. It is really about relationship with God, and it's really about relationship with one another, and that's so profound. It's so um, incredible, and, and I've experienced it. I know many of you have experienced that, but if you haven't experienced it, it's, it's amazing just to uh, build those relationships to share your life with others. This morning we are beginning a new series in the book of Philippians. Uh, I am so excited. <laughs> I, I love walking through books of the Bible. That's, um, for me as a pastor, I, I, you know, I think there's so much uh, challenge of, of these kind of gatherings and, and there can be uh, pressure like to um, talk well, to perform well, or whatever, but, but what I, I know the real power source isn't me. <laughs> it's not the people singing. The power source is God himself, and he's revealed himself in the word. The word of God is powerful. It has everything we need for, for life and godliness. It really is our daily bread, and I feel that deep in my soul. I know that deep in my soul, and I know what will help you the most is getting into this. <laughs> I know that, and that's my, that's my passion, that's my prayer every morning, that you would know who God is, and that you would know that you can hear his voice through his word, that his Holy Spirit is, is taking the words of the scripture and making them alive. <laughs> it's not just letters on a page, it's a living word, and so I love preaching through books of the Bible because my prayer is that it will uh, spark something in you, spark something in me to really read, to really listen, to really pay attention to what God has revealed. We believe the Word of God is inspired by God. It's not just a human book. It, it, it's written by human authors, but they were inspired by the very Spirit of God. 
And the Bible says they were carried along. And so, in a sense, the Spirit of God was speaking through them. Now, what's beautiful about the Bible is it still reflects all of the human personalities and stories and weaknesses of the authors. <laughs> they were imperfect people just like we are, ordinary people. But God revealed himself through them. And so as we dive into Philippians, the author of this book is a, a man named Paul. Uh, he's known as the Apostle Paul. Uh, he used, also is known sometimes by the name Saul. Some of you uh, have been around the Bible enough to know that he's a, a, an apostle of Jesus who was called later after Jesus had already resurrected, already had ascended back to heaven. And he had a powerful encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. So he's traveling with a specific purpose of throwing Christians into jail, <laughs> persecuting them. In fact, he was part of actually the murder or the martyrdom of Stephen. And so Paul, or Saul, had a very hard heart against Jesus. He, he didn't want anything to do with Jesus. In fact, he was doing everything to destroy the name of Jesus and anyone who would follow Jesus. But on this road, he met Jesus, and everything changed. His life changed in every single way possible because he encountered Jesus as Lord. Jesus as Lord. So would you open your Bibles to the book of Philippians? And, and we're going to kind of walk through this in sections, verse by verse. But we're going to look at the first 11 verses uh, this morning. And, uh, and so I'm not going to read it all at once. But I'd encourage you, part, the verses will be on the screen. But if you have a Bible, I encourage you to bring one. If you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles back there we would love to give you. And just invite you to follow along as we walk through this book. And also, um, we have a devotional guide kind of with questions for groups or other things. And this isn't meant to replace the Bible. It's meant to spur uh, greater depth of study and, and seeking what, what Philippians says. Would you read with me the first few verses? Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. So this tells us who the author is, that Paul is the author and Timothy. Isn't that interesting that Paul did not write this alone? Uh, Paul saw the beauty of the church was really this, these relationships, these shared relationships. And Timothy was a dear friend and partner with Paul in the gospel. Servants of Christ Jesus. To all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi. So that tells us who the audience is. It's a church. Kind of like you and I here at Rimrock. This is in Philippi. Together with all the overseers and the deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's pause there. I want to take a few minutes to reflect on these early words. Sometimes we uh, read a, an epistle in the New Testament and we just rush through these first few verses. But, but I want to pause here because I think the whole uh, message of the book of Philippians is found in these two verses here. Uh, Paul is impregnating these words with depth of meaning, depth of insight into who God is and who we are as the church. Isn't it interesting that how Paul refers himself in verse 1? He calls himself a servant. Now, that word in the Greek, doulos, it actually means more than just a servant. It's actually slave. It's, uh, some translations say bond servant. It's, it's a person whose, whose will has totally been given over to another, 
who's, who's given someone else authority over their lives, who's given someone else the right over their own lives. And so Paul is giving us insight into how he views his relationship with Jesus. Servants of Christ Jesus. Now you might wonder why does uh, Paul use the word for Jesus, sometimes Jesus Christ, and other times Christ Jesus. That's important to us. It's not just the last name. My name is Ben Green, right? I have a last name, a first name, and a last name, and I have a middle name too, right? Many of you do too. But this is not a first or last name. This is a title, and it's telling us about who Jesus is. And if there's any more important question, I don't know what it is, but this question is, who is Jesus Christ? That's important. And so the title tells us who he is. His name is Jesus, but his title, who he is, is the Christ. Now that's not a word we use in the English language a lot, but it literally means Messiah. And we sang about it this morning. It means king. It means literally anointed one. One who is called king. He's Lord. And so this is like saying Jesus is Lord. Jesus is king. Jesus is in charge. And so Paul is literally saying, I am a servant. I am a bond slave to Jesus because he is the king. (laughs) He is the Lord. He is my authority. He is my master. Now think about Paul's story. At one point, he was persecuting anyone who would say Jesus is Lord. Anyone who would say Jesus is my king, Paul would say that person deserves to die. What happened? Something radically changed in Paul's thinking, in his mind, in his understanding of who Jesus is. That he is the Christ. That he is the Lord. That he is the master. That he is the king. And so Paul helps us to see that this central picture of who Jesus is is the central message of this letter. It's the central message that Paul has. It's central declaration of Paul. If Paul has one thing that he wants his life to be known for is that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is King. Then he tells us something about us, the church, to all God's holy people. Now, we don't go around saying, boy, I'm so holy. (laughs) And uh, I think some of it is, is part of a misunderstanding what Paul is talking about here. When Paul says all God's holy people, and that would include you, all of us, God's holy people, there, we're God's people. Just like Paul says, I'm a servant. God is saying, we are all servants of God. Now, this word holy doesn't mean morally better or more perfect. It means set apart. It means different. In fact, it literally means one set apart for a special purpose. A special purpose. And so all of God's holy people, people who are set apart, called to a new purpose, to a special calling, to a special reason why we are here together. So all God's holy people in Christ Jesus. So that tells us what makes us holy. That tells us what sets us apart, is that we are in Christ. We are in Christ. Now, I don't want us to miss this. There is nothing more profound or deeper theologically or anything that Paul writes than this phrase, in Christ Jesus. Don't miss it. (laughs) You're going to see this all throughout the book of Philippians. This is an important phrase. It tells us everything about how Paul sees our relationship with God and what our purpose is in this life. Who we are and what we're called to. 
And he tells us a location at Philippi. Philippi was a, a Roman colony, a Roman city. Now, uh, we don't have time to dive into Acts 16, but I, I, I want to give you guys some homework, <laughs> if I can do that. I want to encourage you guys this next week to go back and read the whole chapter of Acts 16, because that tells you the whole backstory of the Philippian letter. So if you want to understand who Paul's writing to, you've got to read Acts 16, because it tells us the specific names of people. Now, I want us to catch this, but when Paul talks about the church, it's not just conceptual. It's not just abstract. It's concrete. It's real people in a real place. It's local. The church is local. And so it's not just a concept. It's a reality of people who are in Christ Jesus in a specific location. And so Philippi was a Roman colony. If you go back to Acts 16, you'll read that Paul was thinking he was going to go to Asia. And then he had this encounter with God where the Holy Spirit said, Paul, I don't want you to go to Asia. I want you to go to Europe. And so Paul had this dream of a Macedonian man pleading, come over here, share Jesus with us over here. And so Paul was going east, and then he turned west because God said, go west, Paul. <laughs> go west. And you know what? All of us should be thankful for that. If you have any Western heritage, you should be thankful that the Spirit of God said, go west. Because, because of this, the gospel came to Europe. And Philippi was the first city in Europe that received the message of Jesus. And praise God, it didn't stop in Philippi. It kept going west, and it kept going north. And, and we know that God's heart, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the, God, the gospel to all nations, all people. And so Philippi was a Roman colony on the frontier place of Europe. And so Paul was, this was the first place he stopped. And then he tells us something about the church. It's organized. And so it's all of God's people. We know this in, in the, from the Reformation, an important doctrine to us is the priesthood of all believers. Did you know you're a priest and priestess before God? <laughs> that you have full access before God. You don't need me. You don't need anyone else to lead you to God. You can come directly into the presence of God, directly before Jesus, and you have all the access to the creator of the universe. <laughs> that should blow you away. It blows me away. It stuns me. We are all of God's holy people. We have all been called. We have all been invited into that circle that Donovan talked about in Christ. Yet, there's an organization to the church. There's overseers. In your bulletins we have here at Rimrock Church, we have a list of, of names of those who are elders. That word elder is the same word that's used in the New Testament for overseers. These are people that God has called in the context of the local church to give oversight and to serve the local body of Christ. Okay, there's nothing particularly different or special about these people. They're only people who have said yes, and they're willing, and they have the qualifications that Paul talks about in Timothy and Titus of being an overseer, an elder in the local church. And so he says there's overseers, and there's also deacons. This, literally, this word literally means a servant, one who serves. Uh, this morning, uh, I saw Cheryl Gladder here, and she was getting the communion trays all ready. She was filling them. She was setting them all out. She, she was serving. That's literally a deaconess. She was serving as a deaconess for the body of Christ this morning. Later, there will be people who will be serving communion to you. Those are deacons in the local body of Christ. There's 
deacons that are at work throughout the week here at Rimrock Church, serving and helping organize. If you come here on a Wednesday night, there's a meal that's laid out to you. That's because of the work of the overseers and deacons bringing organization to the body of Christ. And so that's how Paul thinks about the church. It's thinking about people, people, specific names. And so if you read Acts 16, there's Lydia, you have the Roman centurion, right? The Roman soldier who came to Christ because Paul was in prison, beaten. And instead of committing suicide, Paul says, don't kill yourself. Jesus wants to save you. Instead of, instead of committing suicide, this Roman soldier became a follower of Jesus. And it says this Roman soldier at one point had been beating Paul, and then later he was treating Paul's wounds. Talk about transformation. That man's at this church in Philippi. And so it's people People that God is calling to himself, together, in Christ, in Christ. I don't want us to miss that. The gravitational power that holds the church together is this phrase, in Christ. It's this reality that we have communion, we have relationship, we know who Jesus is as our Lord, as our Messiah. We've been forgiven of our sins. We know what it is to be transformed by Jesus Christ. That's the power that holds us together. I was uh, listening to uh, uh, a physicist talk about the universe, and uh, sometimes if I ever want to say, man, I'm not that smart, I'd go listen to a physicist because it just blows me away what, what, how people have tried to grapple with understanding our universe and how things work. And, and he was saying how the whole universe is like this Goldilocks place where there's just enough gravitational power and matter to hold everything together. If it was a little more or a little less, there would be no existence. Like everything's held together in this perfect balance in our universe. And so everything exists in this incredible tension of being held together. And uh, we know why, right? Because we know God holds it all together, right? Um, but that's what in Christ means. It's the gravitational power, the reality that holds the church, the people of God together. And that's important. We're going to see that theme throughout the book of Philippians. Let's keep reading verse 3. I thank my God every time I remember you. So Paul is writing this letter from prison. He's letter, reading it to people that he knows. <laughs> and he's saying, I, when I think about you, I thank God. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. From the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And so Paul is thankful for the church. When was the last time you said to God, I am so thankful for the body of Christ. <laughs> I'm so thankful for the family of families. I'm so thankful that I'm part of a people, God's holy people, that have been set apart for a special purpose. When was the last time you just said, thank you, God? And Paul feels this deep inside his heart that he is so thankful for these people. Now, one of the themes that we're going to see throughout this sermon series, we're titling the whole series, Follow Me. And this is the words of Jesus, to come follow me. Um, I don't know if you've, uh, you've noticed, but uh, some of you have been married for a while. Um, have you noticed that you start to take on the, the habits or the, the idiosyncrasies of your partner? You know, you start talking 
more and more alike. You start thinking more and more alike. Bill's grinning over here because I have, I have 18 years of marriage, and I, I remember, you know, those first few years, you're just kind of like, whoa, we're so different, you know? Like, like she's totally different than me. She thinks about things so different. But I can tell you, 18 years later, I can see so much of, of why I appreciate she's, she's different, but more and more I can see how God has made us more and more similar, and we do things more and more alike. Now, some of you have kids, and your kids start mimicking you, right? Following your, the little things that you do. Um, Jill was laughing at me the other day because uh, I was having a race with my two, two sons, and we were racing. They can't beat me yet, but I know my days are numbered. <laughs> I know someday they're going to beat me, but, but until now, up to now, they haven't beat me yet. So, so we're racing, and she's just laughing and laughing. I was like, why are you laughing? Because she says, you and Ethan run exactly alike. <laughs> you run just the same, you know? So, so we mimic, we copy, we follow. We're all being shaped by the relationships around us, right? We're being shaped by those relationships. And so as Paul invites us as the church to think about what does it mean to be in Christ? How do we, how do we mimic? How do we copy? How do we become shaped by Jesus ultimately? But we also shape each other, right? We, we look around and we see the examples of others. And so throughout this book, we're going to talk about the examples, the example of Paul, the example of Timothy, Epaphroditus, the examples of real people around us. And so, so we're being shaped by each other, we're, we're, but we're all following Jesus. And so Paul, he talks about this as a partnership. He talks about it as a partnership. Do you realize that the gospel, God's plan for the message of salvation, will only spread, it will only go to new people groups, is if we all take part, as we all participate together in that. I, I don't think we, we, we um, give enough understanding of this reality that, that God's intention is that for his work of salvation to be done is that it, it requires all of us. It requires all of us doing our part. And so when Paul thinks about the Philippians, he thinks about them as partners because he knows in prison that he would not even have survived if the Philippians hadn't sent Epaphroditus, if they hadn't sent a gift, a financial gift, to help Paul be able to eat, to be able to sustain himself. The Philippian church was generous, and they came alongside Paul, and they, they loved Paul, and they supported Paul, and they helped him. And, and Paul's realizing that the gospel cannot advance. It can't go throughout Europe if I don't have partners, if we don't do this together. I was thinking this morning, Chris, about our partnership in India, right? God has called Rimrock not only to reach families here, as, as I think about what happens on a, on a Wednesday night as, as everyone's doing their part, whether it's serving a meal or teaching a class or being with kids or there's, there's student leaders, or there's all these people partnering together for the gospel, but, but it's bigger than just Rimrock because I think about what God has called us together to support missionaries who are in the frontiers of the gospel going into villages where they have never heard the name of Jesus. And what do they always write back to us? Right, Chris? What does James always say? I'm so thankful for you, Rimrock. You have no idea what your prayers and your financial support is doing for us. You have no idea how that encourages us. And so together, it's not just about running programs here. It's together we're seeing the gospel go forth. We're seeing the message of Jesus that he is Lord, that he is Messiah, going to every people group. 
You see, it's not about us. It's this reality of Jesus being in Christ and together as God's holy people, God is doing something powerful. He's bringing salvation. <laughs> He's bringing the lordship and healing of Jesus to change a Paul, to change a Roman soldier, to change me, to change you into a new kind of person that follows Jesus, being molded into his character. And what, is, what does Paul say? This gospel, what's it doing? He's confident, verse 6, that he who began a good work, who's doing the work? Who's doing the work? <laughs> Jesus, God's doing the work. This is God's work. This isn't about us saying, look how great I am. <laughs> this is God's work in us. This is what it means to be in Christ, that, that God is doing something. He's got a power at work in me, taking my, my, my tendency towards anger, my tendency towards selfishness, my tendency towards greed. He's, he's taking that away and he's transforming it into a selflessness, into a, a love, into a generosity. He's, he's doing something in me. It's his work. He's doing something in you. And you have a story. <laughs> I have a story. This week, uh, someone sent me uh, a video. We're doing a class on Wednesday nights about uh, sexual issues, identity issues, and, and, and I was sent a video about a, a person who um, had been, uh, been transgendered, and God um, had rescued them from a, a mixed-up, confused identity about being man or, or woman, and, and realizing at this moment they heard the voice of Jesus, and at that moment they realized they were fully loved, fully accepted, and that God had made them in his image perfectly and divinely and beautifully. And he gave glory to Jesus. He said, God is doing a work in me. He's transforming me. And God will bring it to completion. Let's keep reading. He says, It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart, whether I'm in chains or defending or confirming the gospel. All of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. You see, this is real relationship. These are real people. Paul understands how important their partnership is, how important the gospel is, that he is willing to go to prison. He is willing to be beaten. He is willing to, be, uh, to suffer for the cause of the gospel. And they're sharing this grace together. We can't do it alone. We can't do it alone. Our brothers and sisters can't do it alone in India. We can't do it alone here. We need each other. We need the love of Jesus in us. Verse 9, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. And this is a beautiful prayer. This is a prayer that Paul is praying for the church. And remember, Paul is a master builder. He's a master builder of the church. <laughs> and he wasn't building buildings. He was inviting people into community, into relationship in Christ. In Christ, in Christ, this relationship. This is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. Now here's something that arrested me this week, and I, I wish we had more time to dig into all these different words, but, but Paul is gripped by something here that's giving him hope in the midst of suffering. And he mentions it twice. First in verse 6, he will carry this work to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. And then what does he say again in verse 10? Pure and blameless until the day 
of Christ. There's a day. <laughs> there's a day. Now, we're going to see throughout this book, there's a, there's a theme of joy. <laughs> Philippians is a book about joy. How could Paul have joy in prison? How can we have joy in a time where there's being so much fracturing in our culture, in our nation, in the body of Christ? I tell you what, I've never seen Christians fight more <laughs> in all my ministry than in the last few years. There's so much fracturing. There's so much pressure. There's so much difficulty in our world right now. How can we have joy? For Paul, it starts with this idea of being in Christ, but then there's a day of Christ. This we will see is ultimately culminated in chapter 2 where Paul says, Jesus is Lord, he's king, and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Um, on, the, on the screen, I want to give a quote from George MacDonald. He's a, he's a pastor um, who preached out of Hebrews, but, but I think there's something here that's really important. This week, Jill said, is Paul in this prayer, is he praying for our, our justification or is he praying for our sanctification? I'm, I'm so thankful for my wife and how insightful that question is, and, and I think it's both, but I think there's a sanctifying power that's at work in us, that where Paul is saying that your love may abound, but God is purifying something in us. He's making us into new people. This is what George says, Jesus this day is coming. He is Lord. He is Messiah. He is King. He will shake heaven and earth that only the unshakable may remain. He is a consuming fire. Remember Hebrews says our God is a consuming fire that only that which cannot be consumed may stand forth eternal. It is the nature of God so terribly pure that it destroys all that is not pure as on fire which demands like purity in our worship. He will have purity. It is not that the fire will burn us if we do not worship, so it's not a threat, but that it is that the fire will burn us until we worship. This is set apart for a special purpose. This is to be the holy people of God. We are called to be worshipers. We will go on burning within us after all that is foregone is yielded to its force. There is a transforming power at work. God is changing us. He's making us into new kind of people, no longer with pain and consuming, but as with the highest consciousness of life, the presence of God. And he ends this quote by saying, let brotherly love continue. To love our brother is to worship the consuming fire. See, this is what Paul is praying. This is how we are to pray for each other. I'm gonna invite the worship team to come up. I'd also like to invite all the elders and those who are serving uh, to come up. And we're going to pass out communion this morning. I don't want us just to do this as a regular ritual that we do. This is our preaching. <laughs> this is our message this morning. Communion is the reminder of who we are, who Jesus is. That Jesus is Lord, that he is Messiah, that he is Savior, and that we are in Christ. <laughs> and so when you take this uh, bread and cup, I want you just to hold on to it, and then we're going to take it all together. But as we sing this song, I want you to think about who Jesus is and what it means to be in Christ.
Praise to the King of Kings. <laughs> Did you catch the whole story, the gospel message we just sang? Is a beautiful good news that Jesus did not come to condemn us, he came to save us. And if you're here this morning and you don't know what it means to be in Christ, today is the day of salvation. Receive him. He died for you. <laughs> he didn't come to be served, but he came to serve. Jesus is a humble king, and he comes to forgive, he comes to save, he comes to heal, he comes to deliver. Receive him. Open up your heart like Paul did. Surrender to Jesus, and he will change your life. <laughs> I guarantee it. And if you're here this morning and you're in Christ, we're going to take this bread and we're going to eat this together and remember that his body was broken so that we could be restored, so we could be resurrected one day. Would you eat it in Jesus' name? And Jesus said, whenever we eat, we drink the cup because we declare it's the covenant of his blood that his blood was spilled as a perfect sacrifice to make us clean and forgiven and holy and pure. And so let's drink and remember what Jesus has given us. Lord, we praise you. Would you stand with me as we sing this chorus again this morning? 